Hello, it's Gareth here and welcome to another episode of the Gareth Book Podcast. This is episode number 17. And on this one, I want to be sharing my kind of thoughts and views on a documentary that I've watched um, yesterday on Netflix. Now, if you don't know, I'll, I'll make it clear, I don't have a TV in my house as such. Yeah, if you come into our living room, there is no TV there. And people often walk in and you can see them looking around. Where's the telly? Where's the TV? Where, where is it? We don't have one. We don't have a TV in the house. We spend very little time... Um, looking at a, a TV, apart from one that we have, we have like a monitor, if you like, um, an internet TV, which is in the bedroom. And that is used occasionally if we ever fancy watching a film. And yesterday was one of those days we fancy watching a film and uh, we don't do it very often. But when we do, we like to um, go to Netflix, pick something and watch something entertaining. So yesterday we'd been out for the day after a very relaxing weekend, and we thought, you know, why don't we just have a, a bit of an early afternoon watching a film? So we went upstairs, ligged on the bed, wrapped in our kind of um, blankets, and just watched the TV. And I put on something on Netflix, which which kind of stood out. It came out. If you've got Netflix, it'll give it'll suggest things you need to watch or suggest what is hot at the moment on uh, on the Netflix channel. And this one that came up um, was called The Social Dilemma, and um, Playing in the background now, so you hear the music. Anyway, enough of that. Don't want to get done by anybody for um, any kind of, what is it, copyright infringements. But there's this film called The Social Dilemma, and it's a documentary drama hybrid thing is what this allows. The, the exact um, kind of little bit of blurb is, this documentary drama hybrid explores the dangerous human impact of social networking with tech experts sounding the alarm on their own creations. Ooh, who want to watch that? What I found interesting about this is in the previous days before this, I have been questioning some of my use of social media. I have become aware that I spend more than a lot of time and way too much time connected to some form of screen. You know, so I tell people I don't watch the TV like I'm some kind of saint. Oh, I don't watch the TV, but I do spend a lot of my time looking at a screen. So whether it's a laptop screen, whether it's my phone screen or my iPad screen, there's not many hours go past in my waking time where I've not got some device that I'm looking at. And I started to realise probably later part of last week, I'd spent so much time on that through lockdown um, and I didn't realise how much time till I'd got my screen report this week, which came up yesterday. So this has been kind of culminating for a few days, my kind of um, investigation into myself on where I'm going with social media. Um, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. I, I have felt for some time that social media is uh, toxic. I think it's damaging. I think it can be uh, completely and utterly um, misused by a lot of people. And I have to say, especially if you are looking to run a business online, I think the way that, that Google have set their business up to with advertising and things on the face of it, it, looks like a really good opportunity for anybody wanting to sell anything. But the reality is I've tried using their advertising to gain likes to sites and to, to promote things. And once you're involved in that trap, you can't get out of it. It costs you a lot of money to get people to like a page. Once they've liked that page, there's no guarantee they'll actually look at it again. Because Google now, and certainly not Google, um, Facebook have started taking to it where even the content you post on a business page will not be shown to everybody unless you pay for it. So this was obvious. This was always going to happen. You know, if you go back 12, 18 months, advertising on Facebook was very, very cheap. Everybody was doing it because it was very, very cheap. The problem is people got used to it. They got used to the, the which is, it's incredibly good at, at giving you results. You know, if, if I say I want to get 500 likes to a page, there's a price to that, which if I go back 
12, 18 months would have probably been about £50. Um, £50, you get 500 likes. It was cheap. From an advertising perspective, it was not a lot of money. But then what I noticed as the months went on from that, the interaction was less, getting the likes was more expensive because, like anything, they get you hooked into something because it's cheap and we get used to using it. And then the next thing, we're in a position where we're having to pay for something that we're used to paying little for. We've got to pay more for it. And I can kind of see that we're setting everybody up for this. And, you know, so the long and the story short of it is, my relationship with Facebook particularly is poor. Um, I don't post on there anymore from a personal perspective. I do post on there from from a from a, if you like a business perspective, and it's not business stuff. It's just me with my personal development work on my personal development page. But I can't remember the last time I went on there and actually posted on my own. So it makes it look like I don't use Facebook. But the reality is, although I'm not posting, I'm consuming information. And it was becoming clear to me that I was I was consuming more and more of this information. So from, you know, 10 minutes in the morning catching up, which is, you know, we all justify that, you know, 10 minutes in the morning when we wake up. I mean, some mornings I could barely open my eyes. I could barely see my eyes weren't awake enough to read. And yet I'm looking at a computer screen. And I started to sense over the course of probably... August, but certainly to September, I was spending way too much time in this kind of voyeuristic way, looking at social media and quite frankly, winding myself up. You know, I, I used to look at people who I knew I didn't particularly have any interest in just to read what they'd put. So I'd wind myself up about that person and in some way um, reinforce my opinion that that person is a bit of a dick. And something else happened. I'm going to share this with you, which really kind of came to a head on Saturday is I was looking through my list of friends and I was looking for a particular person I'd not spoke with for a while. This is not a particularly good friend. It's not somebody I would class as a friend friend. It's just somebody I have on Facebook. And I couldn't find them. And I realised that they were no longer friends with me. They must have unfriended me for some reason. And I got wound the fuck up because of that. What I wasn't going to do to this particular person. How fucking dare they unfriend me? Who the fuck do they think they are? And I thought, I'm old. And I could, re- I could this rage came up inside me. And I realised it's the rage like that I get more often than not, by interacting on Facebook. You know, even people that I respect, you know, people that I class as friends, not Facebook friends, but people I actually know that I spent time with, that I actually enjoy interacting with. Some of their posts now, I'm thinking, this is just bollocks. There's too much of it. What are you doing? Is nobody telling you? And some of these people, some are, but some are in business. And I think if you're a business person and you think what you're putting on here is enhancing your business, you're mistaken because I'm not, I don't class myself as a fool or somebody that has a a, a ridiculously kind of um, narrow opinion of something. Um, I, I, says, I just think what they're doing, more and more posts about dumb shit to the point I had to silence two people because I couldn't I, I couldn't put my time on them without something else coming up about their particular business or their particular products. And I thought, this is getting too much. And in between that now, there's these adverts. So long story short, this culminated on Saturday. I'm really annoyed. Woke up Sunday morning thinking, why did you allow yourself to get wound up over somebody that you've met on one occasion at one networking event, not following you anymore? Probably for legitimate reasons, maybe because I don't post out. And I got so wound up. Anyway, woke up Sunday morning. You know, I'd calmed down a bit. And I started to say, look, this has gone too far. My control of my use of the social media is not working. I'm spending too much time looking at stuff. I'm not spending enough time creating content. Um, 
when I do create content, it's pretty good. I've done two blogs this week and I'm really pleased with them. And I enjoy writing. I enjoy posting something to my own website. And I don't mind sharing that on my Facebook page. But this idea of realizing that I'd spent probably the last, the biggest part of this lockdown spending way too much time looking at social media wound me up. Culminating with this person unfollowing me, I thought, I need to do something. So we went off for the day on Sunday. We had for a little drive out to a place in Bradford called Salts Mills. And in Salts Mills, it's a, it's like a, it's an old mill. That's why it's called Salts Mill. And it used to be a massive um, industrial um, wool place. It used to make yarn and cotton, whatever they used to make anyway. But long story short, it was part of the Victorian industrial age. And it was a, it's been now turned into some kind of art gallery come centre really you can walk in there and they've got like a lot of books and when you go around in the morning there's like baroque music playing and it's a very pleasant place to spend a couple of hours on a Sunday when you just want somewhere to go that's relatively local and you just want to kind of I don't know embrace yourself in a little bit of culture you can look at all the nice books on art and all the nice books on photography and and all the books on poetry and writing and upstairs they've got another book section there's a little bit of an outdoor section which I like anyway I went there in a way where I thought I just wanted to just relax and chill so I've got this idea going through my head when I'm going through Salt Mill that, you know, it's time to readdress where you are with social media. This can't continue. And I was very clear on that. So when we came back and Sue suggested we, we watch a film, that's a great idea because that continues the day, sort of chilling out and just clearing my head for the week ahead, which is what we're in now. But this thing came up in the kind of suggested things to watch for Netflix, and it was The Social Dilemma. And when I read the the blurb on it, I thought, wow, this, this you know, this is, I need to watch this because I'm right at that point now where I need to, what do you mean? The um, the alarm on on social media. I, you know, I've been saying for a while, this is a problem, this is toxic, this is only going one way, this is going to cause problems, it causes me problems, and I'm a 50-year-old man that should know better. What about young people? How's it affecting them? So I thought I'd watch this as a kind of two things. One is to see what it had to say about social media with younger people. And secondly, if there's anything on there it was talking about that I maybe um, could find some value in to improve my relationship with um, the media that is social. Anyway, there was. What a great, great documentary. If you haven't seen it and you have Netflix, you need to watch it. And I think anybody who is spending time online needs to understand this documentary. I have to say it shocked me um, as to how manipulative these companies are and and knowingly are the documentary was voiced by people that had worked within the tech industries some still did work in the tech industries these were people that had actually built things like facebook twitter google they were part of the team that built those huge platforms and what was really interesting is every one of them to a man or a woman because there was a woman on there as well but majority were men i have to say is all of them felt when they were starting their work and they were building these networks, they were building something that had great potential benefit for humanity. They thought they were building something that could connect people, that could share information, that could keep people more informed about the choices they were making. They absolutely believed that, all of them. Um, but they'd all left those businesses and come away for ethical reasons. And the ethical reasons were is there was a point from social media starting to where it is now when the question of how do we make money out of this came up. And they were talking about how they use the social media to, to create a cash cow. You know, Facebook makes a phenomenal amount of money, as does Google. Um, the only one that was a little bit iffy about its, its business model and didn't sound like it really had much of a business model around it was, was Twitter. 
Um, so it mentioned Twitter. It talked about Snapchat. It was talking about Google. It was talking about Facebook. All of these platforms that I have a presence on and all of these platforms, at some point during my day, I will spend time interacting in. And it kind of highlighted a family. So there was a family that was... A young lady in the family, probably the more mature of the children, and she was the one that didn't have social media, didn't believe in it. And then she had two siblings, a brother and a sister. The brother was slightly younger than her, but older than the younger sister. The brother was kind of a guy that, you know, always going about his social media. But the young girl was portrayed as somebody who was massively hooked on social media. And then there was the mother and the father. And there was a scene in the particular, in this film, where they were sat around the dinner table and the mum says, look, I've had an idea. Um why don't we um, have a an evening where we do something a bit different around the dinner table tonight? Why don't we not use the phones? We're going to put the phones away and we're going to just chit-chat. And she took the, the phones and she put them into this device, which was like, um, like a safe, really. It was like a glass bottom with a top on that when you pressed a button at a timer, it would not unlock that case for so long. And she said, I've set it for an hour. You can't check your social media for an hour. Let's eat. So they all sat down and then very quickly after a few minutes, the, the tone of the table changed. They all looked a bit fed up. Um, this little device holding thing, this little safe kept making noises because um, notifications were coming through on the phone. And like the sister and the brother would be looking around, what's going on there? Even the dad, what you know, what's going on? And then eventually the sister, the little, the young sister, who is the one they'd portrayed as the one that was completely hooked on social media. She got up and she... Um, trying to get it, the, get it open and the woman says you can't open it it won't open for one hour and then the film pans back to the family having lunch or dinner and the next thing there's this smash this this, this huge crash and the, the girl has smashed open the safe which is made of perspex to get the phone out and then she runs upstairs And anyway I'm sure it was dramatised for purposes of the, the, the documentary but it did highlight that, that this girl was hooked on her phone. And then she goes upstairs and she's on her phone and she's taking the obligatory selfies, the smiling and the, the lips and the pouting. And then it showed her putting on um, these filters on. So it started off with a picture, then all of a sudden the skin tone changed a bit, the eyes grew a bit bigger, the hair got a slightly different shape on it. And then she put some filter on. Then she, she put it on there. Next thing you know, there's the, there's the kind of... It's showing you the lights coming up and it's things like, oh, you look great, hon. No, you look gorgeous, so beautiful. And then and, and um, this woman puts a comment on saying, hmm, nice ears, you know. Um, and then she put an elephant emoji. So clearly saying that the girl had big ears. Now, I didn't know she did have big ears, but then it's got of, it sort of pans into the girl who then starts to touch her own ears, cover them up with her hair, and then starts crying. So again, for the purposes of the documentary, but it's highlighting there the... Um, the effect this has on young people. Now, if that would have been just a documentary, I'd have said, okay, it's biased greatly towards people who are saying you shouldn't use social media, this is bad. But what made the, the documentary really powerful was the fact that these people from the tech companies were talking in between this like, little film and narrative that was playing. And people were talking about how Facebook had to come up with a way to make money, and this guy who was on there was the guy that was in charge of monetization of Facebook. And they looked at a model um, that another company was using, which was called the advertising model. And I love the way they give these words, you know, it's the advertising model. It looked, I think the word they used was it looked very elegant. You know, they used really big words and it made it sound like this was, you know, something that wasn't sinister. But they realised that the way they could make money was by keeping the platform free, but then charging people to advertise. And that's how they made the money. 
And the better they were at advertising, as in the more interaction you got with your adverts and the more positive results you got from the advert you put out, the more money you would spend. So it then became in Facebook's interest to learn information about you. The more they knew about you, the more they could tailor the adverts to you and the more they could show the adverts that were meant to be shown to you to you, then people would be happy with the results and would continue spending money. And at that point is when he says that this is when social media, not just Facebook, we're talking about Google as well, and we're talking about Twitter to a certain degree, and Reddit he talked about on there, Pinterest. All the social media platforms are the same. They need to know as much information about you as possible because when they know enough about you and they know what you're going to do, they can then use the advertising in an appropriate way for their advertised customers, advertising customers. But it was shocking at just how much information these people are gathering and gaining. It was also shocking the fact that if you search Google, you think if you put in, you know, um, the one they use is climate control, climate, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Climate change is, and then based on where you are in the country or what you've recorded or looked at previously on Google, they will be in a position then where the answer that comes after that will be different to who you are. People in the same household could type in. So um, climate change is, and sometimes it comes up hoax, sometimes it's happening, sometimes it's irrelevant, sometimes it's, it's, it's speeding up. It all depended on what you had searched previously and what they thought your behavior was. So not just the fact that they were they were targeting advertisements to you, they were they were actually targeting you, or they are targeting you, not we, they were, they are now actively doing this. They're targeting you based on what they think you want to hear. Whether that's true or not is irrelevant to them. And it was shocking just how they talked about the fact that these devices people came up with they had people working in laboratories in google coming up with ways to make the the interactions more addictive how would you spend more time on that platform how would you spend more time on youtube how would you spend more time on facebook because what they require is your attention and they are selling to other people your attention and i thought you know what in the last months in the last years actually how much attention have these social networks had of mine and I believe this is a choice. I believe I choose to pick my phone up. I believe I choose to look at that particular image. I believe I choose to read that particular piece of news. Well, based on what these guys are saying, that's no choice I had. They know what I want to see. They know how I want to see it. They know the ones I'll click on and won't click on. They know what I'm susceptible with. They even know now the Facebook based on algorithms and the, your interactions when you're sad and when you're happy. And they will they will take advantage of that to show you some more content or some more advertising. I have to say, this scared the shit out of me because I realized that everything they were talking about that these companies were aiming to do, they'd done with me. And I guarantee if you're listening to this podcast, they'll be doing it, you'll know it as well. How many times have you gone onto YouTube and thought, I'll just watch a video and four hours later, you're still searching and watching stuff that's suggested to you. Those videos suggested to you are based on algorithms to get you to watch more stuff. You know, it, it was scary. That's all I will say. And it started me to realize that I have to question now what my, what social media is and where do I sit with it and how do I interact with it in a way that allows me to be productive if I need to be. Does it have a purpose is what I'm saying in my life or not? Because I have to say, 
probably Sunday, certainly Saturday, and I was ready for deleting everything. Delete the Facebook, delete the page, delete everything. Just keep your website, delete everything else. Sunday morning, you wake up, you've had a bit of a sleep, you think, ah, well, maybe this time it'll be different. I'll think of another way. And then this film last night made me realise you have to understand what's going on. There is so much money passing through these companies for advertising that this is going nowhere. All these people have left these companies because ethically they cannot stand by what they're doing because they actively know they are addicting people to a substance. It's not cocaine and it's not, you know, alcohol and it's not weed, but it is just as addictive as all these subjects is the social media. They're paying people to, to come up with, with interactions that are like a... The same interaction, the same people looking at this, inf getting you to interact on Facebook, the same people that they employ to make sure you spend more money in the again, casinos in Las Vegas on the slot machines. This is a huge business, and it's a huge business now, which is getting increasingly more taken over by AR, AI, artificial intelligence. So these computers are teaching themselves to know things about you, to know what to advertise to you. This is not some guy in an office who's kind of searching through Gareth Boot stuff and finding out. No, these are huge supercomputers with power that we can't even imagine. I mean, the one thing they talked about, again, which I never considered, maybe I should have done, in, in the last so many decades, everything we've had has, has got a little bit better. You know, cars have got a little bit faster and roads have got a little bit quicker. Um, things have become a little bit more efficient, with the exception of computing. Computing has gone up at a level which is astronomical. This is not a chart. If you look at the chart, how it's gone up in the last couple of decades, it hasn't gone up in a, in a... It has gone up like a rocket taking off. Computers are becoming more and more powerful exponentially. Each week, each day, each week, each month, each year, these computers are getting faster and faster and faster. The faster they become, the quicker AI works, and the quicker AI works, the more they know about you, and the more targeted they become with knowing what to press your buttons. To think that Facebook actively choose to show you things that will make you happy or sad is criminal. You know, it's as simple as that. That is criminal. This would not fly anywhere else. Nowhere else. And nobody's governing these people and nobody's taking into account for the addiction they're causing and the harm they're causing. And the one thing about the, back to the, the film and the, the, the sort of little narrative going on between the little video that was being sort of shown, like the little mini film within the documentary, this girl must have been, she was certainly under 12. I would have said she was about 12 years old, maybe 13. It didn't mention her age, but she, she was in a particular part of school in America, which I don't understand whether that's juniors or in because it sounds like the junior school. And what they were saying is that people of that girl's age now, people of, of 13 and 14, do not leave the house anymore. They don't have proper interaction with people. They've never been lonelier. And it showed you the level of um, mental health in people that were in the teenage years. And I thought, you know, you know, 16 and 18, the mental health is, is rising. But then it showed the mental health of people under 12. And now that's gone up. And I thought, oh, that's shocking. Then the next slide, it talked about suicide, suiciding people. Now, we already know suicide is, is, a, is a big thing. There's a lot more young people taking their lives. But it showed you the figures for them have gone up drastically. Again, sometimes these things are dead in line when social media started to take off. These things have gone up between sort of, it was saying 16 to 21-year-olds. But then it showed you under 13s. So this is people under 13 taking their lives. I, I was just, I was, at this point, I'd gone from being, annoyed at social media to actually being sad. I thought, I cannot believe I don't know about this and I can't believe this is even allowed. If there's even a chance 
that somebody of 13, 12, 11, 10, 9 is going to be taking, causing themselves harm, potentially taking their own life because of a device, because of a network, and we're not closing that thing down? Well, this is... Anyway, I wanted to do this podcast today because I'm going to have to readdress my whole view on social media. And this is not as simple as just saying, you know, um, I think it's a bit I think it's a bit wrong. I spend too much time on it. The potential for harm this can do is ridiculous. And I have to say, currently, I am looking at starting businesses and doing things in my career, all of which I, I thought at some part some part in it would be social media. I can't I'm almost being conditioned and ironically conditioned by social media to believe the only way I can grow a business is through social media. I went on to LinkedIn this morning, which he didn't mention on this. LinkedIn wasn't brought into this particular um, video, but so LinkedIn is the only social media that I simply do not use. I have an account on there. I never go on. And it's probably the only one, if anything, I said I was doing regarding business, is probably the only one I could probably justify being on. And I went on this morning and thought, well, maybe I should have another look at it. Maybe it's changed since I was last on there. I put it on this morning, and I have to say, it's fucking pathetic. I, I I'm getting angry and animated, and I'm I'm aware I'm swearing a bit in this one, which I'm, I'm trying to calm that down. Listen, there were people on there sharing pictures, you know, of the kids on swings. There's people on there talking about where they've been this weekend. Hang on, this was supposed to be a business network. Now it's turned into Facebook for business people. And there was there was some people, that, again, these are people I obviously know because I'm connected with them. But some people on there that I'm connected to, I've never even met. I don't even know they are. I wouldn't even I wouldn't know them if they walked past me in the street. But again, one particular person that I know, and I'm not saying I know well, but I, I certainly know okay, that we certainly recognise each other in the room. This stuff they put on, I'm thinking, what a load of shite. What is this value to anybody? And again, I started looking at the comments underneath and I thought, you know, it's like this relentless rattle of shite. So I was on there this morning for 45 minutes on LinkedIn, considering posting my blog post on there. And I may still do that. More as an experiment, would anybody interact with it? Would it be read? But I thought, I've come away from here knowing less, not knowing any more than when I came on, apart from that this person now, where I thought you were a bit of a lunatic, now I know you're definitely a lunatic. And I thought, I've come away again feeling bad with my interaction with that particular platform. Facebook this morning, I went on, and again, went and put my stuff onto my personal page, then I read a few things, and again, I'm coming away from social media, feeling worse, and I went on it. LinkedIn... That's so Facebook, I did Instagram this morning. Normally, I post an Instagram post every single day when I go out running. I decide I'm not doing that anymore. One is, you've all seen me running. Secondly, what is what value is that adding to anybody? And if the same way that, you know, Joe Bloggs or Jolene Bloggs put something on, I think, fuck me, they're doing that again. They're squatting again at a gym. You know, oh, the you know, they're, they're wandering through here again with, with another glass of wine. Or, or they're over here doing this again. And I, if I get bored and fed up by that, it winds me up. I'm thinking, well, how much does my stuff wind other people up? You know, I'm not exactly, you know, I'm not exactly the guy in, I, I can't be throwing stones. I'm in a glass house myself because for the last six months, eight months, maybe even yeah, eight months now, I've constantly put a, a, a picture on every day of me running. For anything else, that was just for me to, to keep a record of my journey this year to my thousand miles. But now I have to question, why am I using social media? How do we use it? Because we are part of a machine and we're involved in a net, which is bigger than we can possibly imagine, more powerful than we could possibly imagine. So you're sat there at one side of your screen looking at a device 
And at the other side of that screen are hundreds of thousands of huge supercomputers, all with one intention, which is to get you to keep scrolling, looking, clicking, liking, forwarding, and all that kind of stuff. And with our kind of limited brains as human beings, although they are extensive and I'm a great believer in the human mind, we can't compete with a supercomputer. You know, so it's the equivalent of you, you're trying to play a game here where the rules aren't even fair. You're not against another person behind the screen. You might have a chance of being slightly smarter than that person or at least understanding what that person was doing. These are supercomputers turned against us to create fodder for people to market to. And that's what we've become. There's one line in this particular film that it comes up and it says, you know, if you do not know what the product is, you are the product. And we are the product. We become the product of social media. So as a, as a business person myself, as somebody who is actively looking to pursue more business this year and knowing other people very similar to me because a lot of my contacts are self-employed or small business owners, I look at the time that these people, me and my friends and my associates are spending time online and realise we can't win this game. We think we can. We believe we'll be different, but we can't. Even if you have your own Facebook page, which I always thought was a bit like having a website, you know, they're controlling who's seeing that. They're only showing it to people if you're going to pay them. You pay them and they'll show it to more people. So this year, the reason my Facebook page has stayed with very few followers, I've never promoted it. 25 people found it and have liked it. I think there's 37 people in total, or 37 people follow it. And I'm thinking, out of all that, I refuse to start throwing money at gaining more likes. Because what am I going to gain with that? Because even if I get 1,000 people to like that page, then I've got to pay more money for them to actually see my stuff. And then when I've paid money for them to see my stuff, at some point, maybe, they'll buy something off me. But what? Because at the moment, I don't have a product. So I'm, so we're encouraged to get more likes. You know, Even this morning, after watching that film last night, I don't know whether they knew, but they were throwing money at me saying, we'll give you the free £10 boost for the page on Gareth Boots' page. They're always attempting to get you into that net. And it's something, like I said, I watched this film last night. If you haven't watched it, you should, because it's terrifying. It's terrifying what these bigger companies are doing. And more than that, we, are, we know about this. A lot more people know about it than they make out, and no one's doing anything about it. No other industry or company will get away with this. So what can we do? I suppose there you go. There's my kind of bellyache. That's what's going on. What can we do? This is what I think we can do. This year, I want to focus on how do I get people to interact with me in a different way. Rather than looking for hundreds of likes on Facebook, could I get half a dozen people to come and spend a day with me and do something interesting around personal development? Would people like to come walking with me? How do I find a way of telling people about that without utilising the, the social media platforms to the extent that I am led to believe I need to? I'm going to take Facebook, Instagram, Twitter off my telephone. So the only way I can interact with them is on a laptop and that laptop I will will not be in the bedroom on an evening. The laptop never goes upstairs. It always stays in the office. I have to continue to look at this like an addiction. Now, I understand all about addictions. I've overcome alcohol addiction. So I know that this is no different to that. An addiction doesn't let you think there's a problem until it's too late. I have seen the light. So ironically, the guy that disfollowed me or unfollowed me on Facebook did me a favor. Because if it wasn't for that person doing that, I wouldn't have got wound up 
It wouldn't have compounded all me thinking the last couple of days about how useless social media is. I wouldn't have watched this film last night and I wouldn't be where I am today. And let me tell you where I am today. I'm enjoying doing this podcast because this is going to go on to my channel. It's going to go on to Anchor. This is not social media. The videos I do, will I put them onto YouTube? I, I certainly don't put the podcast on there anymore unless I've got a guest. I absolutely will um, probably put some videos onto YouTube because I don't have to interact with it. It's not interacting with me. Facebook certainly is toxic. Twitter, I kind of can live without that. I don't, I post on there, but I don't really use it. But I do find it useful to find out things like about Leeds United playing this weekend. I can, I love watching the banter on that. So I think, I think I'm okay with Twitter. I find there's a use for that and it's not too much. I don't have to worry too much about LinkedIn because I'm never on there, but I should be on more potentially. But again, I'm questioning that. But certainly Facebook now, I have made the decision. I am no longer posting on my personal Facebook page. I haven't posted since last October. It's almost 12 months. I, if I could get rid of that account and delete it, I would. But if I delete that account, I can't have my business page. And I've set myself a target, which is the rest of September and October, I'm going to monitor my use of Facebook with the page, question whether that page is retaining anything to me. Am I getting more people interested in mentoring with me or people interested in the courses I'll be bringing out shortly? And if that does, then there's maybe a purpose for it. But if it isn't, I'm taking that page down. Because if you like what I do, if you follow me, you can go to my website. You can see me, links to my blogs. You can read me stuff on there. You can go to the links to me, to me podcast and learn from that. You don't, I don't need to be on Facebook to have my website. And actually, I'm proud of that website now. I think it looks good. I'm happy with the content. I think I'm putting some really strong blogs on there. I like the podcast. I'm even enjoying these solo podcasts now, and there will be more of them because I've, I've got back into my flow of creating content that isn't really for anybody else. It's more for me. This this morning, I hope you get some value out of it. I hope you do watch The Social Dilemma. But more than anything, this morning, I wanted to have a bit of a chit-chat. I wanted to have a, not a rant as such, but I wanted to let my views out on this particular thing I'd watched and, how, and my views currently on social media. So it gives me something to do, which I enjoy doing. And if I enjoy doing it and I find value in it, even if nobody else listens to it, reads it or sees it, then it's still had a worth to me. And I think that's how you've got to look at social media yourself. If putting stuff on there makes you feel good and if you enjoy it and you create content and you share it on there, but you would have created the content anyway because you enjoy doing it, then that's perfectly fine. But I have serious question marks now over this Facebook I can't. I see these interviews. There were some interviews on with Mark Zuckerberg, and I have to say, there's nothing about that man. And when I see him and how he looks, now he speaks, that tells me he's anything but a bit, a bit strange and somebody who looks quite an unsavoury character. And how can he not be when he knows exactly what his invention, his creation, is doing, and yet he sits by and just keeps raking the money in? That's why Facebook is one of the most wealthy companies on the planet. Because they know what they're doing. They are preying on people and preying on people's weaknesses, insecurities and human behaviour. They're diggling into that now. So they're being manipulative beyond any kind of thought and imagination you could put into this to create this platform that continues to make money for themselves and their shareholders. And all we can do is either boycott it or control it in a way where we are not being run by this machine. But the fact that they do this and they don't know you're doing it they know which videos you're going to watch. So when you watch a video, you scroll through videos, and say, oh, I watched that video. They knew you were going to watch that. It's in, it's in anyway. look. I've gone on now. I've said what I've said. Watch the social dilemma. I am going to be looking at my use of social media. It has become a problem to me, I believe. And it's not a huge problem, but it's a problem that's going to be dealt with this week. 
and maybe I'll do another podcast about, well, I will definitely do another podcast about where, where I end up with my social media usage. But the first stage for me this week is it's coming off my phone. I'm going to be very much limited to the time I go on there. On my Facebook page, I will still be posting content when I do a blog. I may even post a content about, I might put this on there, the, the link to this, this this podcast. But my daily use of that site is starting to go away because I'm not want to be on it. I spent too much on it. They know what they're doing. They've copped me. They've got me into their little web. Um, well, now I'm flying out of it. So it's time now that the um, the the tail started wagging the dog. Is that the right word? The dog starts wagging the tail all the way around. And all of a sudden now I've been realising that, you know, I've been getting wagged for too long. I'm taking control back. Watch the film, make your own choices. But I seriously do think if you've got children or if you believe you spend too much time online, you need to watch this film because it'll, it'll tell you why you spend too much time online. And based on what you learn from that, that social dilemma, you can make some choices about your use of anything that you will class as social media. There you go. Right. Like I said at the beginning of this, there may well be a guest on this week. I've got, um, well, I hope there is. I've got my friend John coming over on Thursday. And I'm going to try to get a podcast out of him. He's doing some great stuff at the moment with his uh, photography and he's got a new website. I'd be interested to talk to him about what he's done to lockdown. So be another episode this week if John uh, comes across and I get a podcast out of him. And I'll see you again or I'll be here again talking to you in uh, in future podcasts. Until then, take care.